The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the one and only Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome, uh, welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, the Road Warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're inside right now, though. Yeah, but, you know, doesn't mean I'm always, like, fighting. Are, are, you, are you on the road at all times? Not at all times. So you're you're just... You could just be like a warrior, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the regular warrior. The that other warrior. His name was Joe. I knew him as Joe. Has anyone ever tried to make you do things you didn't want to do? Are you for real? <laughs> you don't know what a guy would do to get a glimpse at a beautiful body. Oh my gosh. Yeah. welcome to the show everybody before we get into this week's episode i must ask as always dude two how are you i'm all right um you know just been watching movies you know um trying to watch things you know the last remnants of summer um i saw beauty and the beast um on the big screen that was nice that was really cool saw my mom my mom my brother um i also tried to see jurassic park on the big screen with uh dr feehan but the projector was not handling 3d very well that night uh it was like there would be points where it would just look 2d and other points i would see like five alan grants on screen so it was like um everything was like being split apart basically okay and basically at the scene where we meet dennis nedry the manager was like listen we're gonna give you guys comp passes um you can stay if you want but it's basically unwatchable and you know which was it's disappointing admittedly because i've seen it on the big screen before but I, I wanted to see it again um but you know they got got some got passes out of it so that's not bad okay and but you know, and this past weekend was um, was a National Cinema Day uh, mm-hmm. on on that Sunday. So I know people were really excited about that. I know a bunch of people they went to see, like I know some uh, friend mind uh, you know friend of our Papetti Anthony Papetti went to see uh, both American Graffiti and Jurassic Park. Um, and people got tickets for four bucks, which is nice. Um, Anything else that I like saw? I finally watched After Hours, the Scorsese movie. Mm-hmm. It's terrific. Uh, really, really enjoyed that one. Really like Griffin Dunn in that one. Um, you know, it's that, that's pretty, pretty terrific. Um, but and then I'm just dealing with other um, 
other nonsense, but that's not that's neither here nor there. Um, how are you doing? Uh, I'm just trying to take a lot of me time right now, because let's just say I had a really rough time not that long ago. Um, <laughs> and uh, this past week was my birthday on Wednesday, and so I just, uh, well, not this past week, but the week before, I think. I don't, I don't know. Time's lost on me right now. Um, right. But I just needed a lot of just, just time for myself. So I've just kind of shut myself off from everybody and everything and just, you know, just was happy to be home, happy to be in my incubator, if you will. Uh, yeah. Just, just especially with everything that's been going on, just it's, it was nice to, it, this felt more like a vacation than my actual vacation. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, you know, might as well just get into that. So, yeah. Uh, boy, howdy, howdy, being appropriate word, I guess. Uh, so, was it two weeks now? It's been this is it's been a full week since we've gotten back at this point. Yeah, it's been o- over a week. Yeah. So. Uh. The f- this is the f- this was the fourth time that we had uh, Joey and I I mean had gone to Disney together, and like there was there was just an adamant mindset for me that I wanted to make this one good and make it work. Now obviously, a lot of vacations, you know, they'll have their more stressful aspects because because everything's on a schedule. You're trying to do a million different things, um, but you can't account for everything that will happen. And so um this one was particularly upsetting. So it's just it was just kind of a build up thing really. So like the first day was probably the best day, which was Joey's birthday. And you know, we we just hung around Disney Springs and just you know, went to, we went and watched a movie which I saw like 70% of because I hadn't slept really. But even then, I was still, like, pretty active the rest of the day. And I was still pretty aware of everything. But then on Saturday, um, we we did our first park day and that, and we we hit it hard. Like, and I'm, I've, it was a very quick lesson that, A, I bought the wrong shoes. And B, (laughs) I, uh, I, I am definitely not, I am getting older. Like you think, you think like, oh, it's just your early thirties. You should be fine. I know like, there's everything creaks, everything doesn't move the way it should, and so I just, as much as I tried to take care of myself before the trip, I guess I didn't do enough. So like after that first day, like my feet were killing me. I was exhausted, and you know a lot of it had to deal with the the weather being like excessively hot because there was like heat warnings especially at that time and and in florida which makes it that much worse oh yeah it was it was pretty bad so i mean not and joey felt the brunt of that too because he was dehydrated pretty much at one point as well so he was definitely feeling it for sure um and i was feeling it and uh i at one point i just was getting these like massive blisters on my feet like golf ball size blisters and i was like Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I offhandedly joked like, "Hey Joey, what if you pushed me around in a stroller?" 
<laughs> and he's like, no, 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 that, that might be a good idea. I'm like, what? Huh? What do you, what? No, no, we, I, it's, I was kidding. But, um, we ended up on Sunday getting a wheelchair for me for Magic Kingdom. And I'm, I'm a large fella. I'll just say that. And so poor Joey had to haul my ass around Magic Kingdom in a wheelchair. And the saddest but kind of the funniest part was that he kept constantly trying to be like, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. This is a good idea. And yet he's pouring sweat and I'm so worried about him the whole time. You know, it's like two factors. If it wasn't as hot as it was, and if Magic Kingdom was more even. <laughs> if it wasn't bumpy terrain with like hilly. No, the worst the worst ones were Tron yes. and Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Tron, like, whoever's idea it was to do that with Tron. <laughs> and, and then we lost, I'm gonna we lost the wheelchair. Because <laughs> we didn't know where we were supposed to go. <laughs> well, that's a, that, that wasn't that. No, that, that was, was the least. That was just funny. <laughs> that, <laughs> but, oh my god. Yeah, that, like, uh, honestly, though, because, but parts of it, if I can chime yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. Because we were enjoying things together. Yes, yes. At that point, so, like know, thinking about it's like uh, so. I just add some context to it. So like when when we're doing Disney, like our strides are very different. <laughs> yes. So like I'm trying to catch up with Joey because he's a, he's a tall guy, so he's he's literally got like like long steps, and it's not like it's something long he's trip. trying to do. It's just something that naturally comes to him. And plus, when he goes to Disney, he's focused. I'm hyper focused. I did try to make he does more he does. Of a mental. Note I don't. I don't. To, I don't want to definitely make it seem like you don't, because you definitely do. No, but, but I, I could. I could improve in that area, but it. But it, it's definitely very hard because I'm just like <laughs> Disney. <laughs> Disney. I'm here. <laughs> I gotta get over here. There's. I see a ride. Come on. And I, I'm like but that first. I, I'm literally like polka dot man and rat catcher too. I'm like, can we sit, please? <laughs> Millennials. <laughs> but you were saying, I'm sorry. No, um, there was part. I, I was like, despite the heat and all, like the steepness was like, re- like those were like the two worst things about mm-hmm. it, which led into a whole other thing. But um. Other than that, I was like, I was having a pretty good time, honestly. Okay. It was just All like, right. we were, we were able to like, enjoy it at a share, at a shared pace. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, cause again, because of my stride, cause I sometimes don't even think about it. I'm like, just, I'm like a bullet and then I'll, be, I'll leave Richard in the dust. And that this, I do this with every, a lot of people. I do this with my own girlfriend too. Like, so this is not just <laughs> a this is a well documented issue. It's it's but I just the, the whole time like on one hand like you know there is that without a doubt that was definitely a positive because I was like I was actually nice to like actually experience things and we did a few things together and we took pictures in front of like the little standy things they had cut out that day. Those are fun. Um, but like it just it just looking at you like nearly kill yourself killed me. And like, cause like you're, you're naturally like, I don't, you can cut this out if you want, but you're like naturally a really sweaty dude. And yes. so it just made it that much more. Plus with the heat made it that much more e- extensive. And so like, I was like, he just looked like he walked out of a pool and I felt so terrible. And like, I just was like kind of embarrassed. Cause I'm like, I, sh- this, sh- this shouldn't be happening right now. 
this I should not be in this chair. Like I hated it. I'm only laughing at the whole absurdity of the situation. <laughs> I, I hated I'm every not... second of it because I was like, this. There's I'm nothing, so nothing good. I should have just walked, and because my I popped my blister anyway that same day, so <laughs> it didn't matter at the end of it all. Is it still popped? Like I will say that there was there was definitely some highlights from that morning because we did do Tron and that was fantastic. And I don't really like fast rides, but that was amazing. And the whole setup and the queue and everything and, and getting on the ride. Minus, you know, having fat legs or, you know, just like really meaty legs, which made it harder to actually like get on the, the light cycle. I still had a good time with the ride. Once once that whole evening was done, um, we had to go to uh, our dinner reservations, which was for uh, the, the, the Rodeo Roundup Barbecue in in uh in hollywood studios at toy story land and uh this is gonna be my review of it um i got food poisoning <laughs> yeah yeah uh, half star no no i'll give it one star because i liked when the when the waiters stopped when the, it was like andy's coming or no it was really sid they never said andy was coming it was like yeah, it was more like they're worried about sid yeah they're really. they're worried about sid whoever's saying andy that's false advertisement I'll say the staff. The staff there was very good. They were excellent. Um, yeah, that there as I don't. I don't expect anything less because Disney has has great cast member services. You mm-hmm. know, um, but I, even myself, I didn't get food. I didn't get food poisoning. But like, which I was, which I was surprised and thankful for. Um, I also think too, like the the stuff that we ate. Like, it's a family style thing, but we ate. I feel like we ate different things. Some or at least I, somewhat different. I had, um. If I could remember, because I had the mac and cheese, I had brisket, I had like one of the ribs, I had like this. Because I feel like I had a lot of the sides, mm-hmm. like, and that's pro. I feel like in a way that's what saved me. I think I th- I think what it was is too is it wasn't even just that. I think it was also just like I think I misportioned water intake yeah. given how given how hot it was. So there was definitely some fullness still in there, but um. There was so we get there. I actually walk this time because I'm like I don't want to get in a wheelchair, uh, <laughs> and so we walk there. We're we're late to our reservation, but we finally get there. And after it being hot and just being stressed, I was nice. It was nice to just sit down, especially in Toy Story Land with some a- with some AC, and just enjoy the atmosphere. Um, like scream yeehaw when it was someone's birthday or which or unboxing day, whatever they called it. Um, and then the food was coming out, and I mean, I like barbecue. Um, you know what? There was, I think, one difference. I don't know if because I ate the spicy and the hot and the regular barbecue sauce. I never had the sweet excessively, so I don't know if maybe there's a difference there. Maybe, yeah. Because you said you were going to just go for the sweet one, and I I ate the other two, so that could have probably been what what killed me. But we we got out of the restaurant. I like we both went to the bathroom and I went to the bathroom just to see if anything would be fixed right initially and uh nothing was fixed so then we're walking out of the we're walking towards the exit of the park Joey decides initially he's gonna stay but then he eventually decided to come back to the room um and so we're on the bus and I'm I'm at this point where I know something's wrong I I'm like 
something is I something's coming up either from the front or the back, and I don't want it to happen in either direction on this bus. So, and I just wanted to like shut everything and anything off. Like I didn't want to hear anybody or anything. Like these two kids were sitting in front of me, these adorable kids that were having a good time. They went to Galaxy's Edge. They had their lightsabers. They were talking about how cool it was, and. And the whole time I'm thinking on one side of my brain, oh, that's so cool. These kids are having a good time. And the other side of my brain, I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, he, he just, was... Just please be quiet. <laughs> and so, like, I'm, I'm like, grasping onto these two poles that are next to me on the bus, almost feeling like I'm leaving a dent. Um, that's probably... I don't, I don't think I did, but it just felt like it. And the bus finally moves after what feels like hours, but it was probably, like, maybe, like, five minutes maybe like 10 because the bus driver was obviously waiting if more people wanted to come in and go back to the Polynesian where we were staying. And we get back to the room and the first thing I do, I go into the bathroom and this is going to, I'm going to try not to get graphics. So I'll put a content warning on the description. Um, so like 1646, let's say, yeah. if you don't want to hear this, don't listen yeah i'll put a time i'll put a time code in the in the description as well but continue so i get back to the room i go straight to the bathroom and the thing was we had one toilet we had two bathrooms we had two showers two sinks but we had one toilet yeah so that that made things difficult but um i went to the toilet i initially tried to go through one end and it was sort of working but then because of the bus ride shifting everything and me just like, I was like, nope. So I flush the toilet. I turn around, stick my face directly in the toilet and immediately vomit. And it wasn't even just like I did it once. It was like a series of them. Yeah. So it was like the first time, like I probably threw up probably like six or seven times. I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't clocking it as much as I probably should have, but it was a lot. And all my pores opened and every ounce of sweat and water in my body just flew right out of my face. And um, there was a point I thought I was done. I thought maybe I just ate too much and nothing else was wrong. So I, I stood up. My stomach felt fine. I walked out. I had a jokey demeanor about me because that's how I deal with stuff. Yeah. And I lay down. I'm talking to Joey. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm just being silly, but like calm as I can be. Yeah. And then immediately I start feeling more stuff and I'm like, nope, nope, not done. So I run right back to the bathroom and that's when I'm like, Joey, I think you need to call my mother. And so then my mother was just panicking the whole time and she was upset that I didn't want to talk to her, but I just was trying to let her know, hey, this is what's wrong. Um, and uh, so then Joey just essentially became like like a a middleman yep. for a good portion of the time. Yeah. Um, she actually ended up, when I got back, she showed me all the messages and she was like, why doesn't he tell me more? I'm like, he's a, he's a small sentence kind of guy. Why doesn't he tell me more? Like she wanted to do the, she wanted to do the, like, <laughs> like he's not, he's resting or like he's, you know, being sick. She wanted to do like the, she wanted to do like the improv thing. Like, yes. And <laughs> yes. And, understandable so she was she was definitely worried though she was also mad because my sister who was also in orlando didn't immediately want to like see if i was okay i guess which i don't I, I think she was she was also dealing with some other things 
in her lane, but she did eventually, you know, come by and drop some stuff off to help with the rest of the the recovery process. But um, so she was just frustrated with the whole thing, but yeah. not un- understandably so. Like, uh, you know, her kid's sick, but that that first that first evening Sunday night, you know, it just got progressively worse. Eventually, after like the fourth session of me throwing up joey called 911 yeah and we had two paramedics show up and i don't know were they like disney specific or were they like actual like florida paramedics i don't i I mean i never paid attention i mean i think they're just like they're probably just in the area because the way that disney air like it's not okay disney i didn't know it's part of i think it you know it's it's complicated but you know, yeah, I didn't know if Disney had their like own stuff. Or they have whatever, like a fire but... department. I know that for a fa- you know, I know there's like a fire department. Okay, but um, you know, because that whole but... area is so huge, and obviously, I mean, I've had my yeah. grandparents have stayed, have had multiple stays in the hospital when they've had Dis- they've had Disney trips. You know, so it's mm-hmm. they definitely had there's like an infrastructure uh, there. But anyway, so they show up, and they're they're more or less telling me like you know the probably the best thing like we can only do so much but the best thing is just to like wait it out and just try to get through it yeah and then once they said that i was like in my brain i'm like okay leave just leave i don't care like if you can't if you can't really do much for me other than like little things there's no point in you being here please leave um and then at one point one of them like after they had asked us where we were visiting at one point, one of them said, you know, one of them might have, it might be COVID. They still have that up there. And I'm like, did you just say that? <sighs> Please leave. Uh, <laughs> and again, I don't know them. I don't know how long they've been paramedics. I'm not going to judge them on their skills, but I'm just saying like at that point, point, I was just a bit frustrated with the whole thing. Then for the next two days, I was effectively just in our hotel room in a really on a really firm mattress uh, and just trying to get through everything seeing if i can hold anything down um just having a, the worst part was the fever dreams which i don't like that was part of the reason i think i wanted to shut everything off around me is because i couldn't shut myself off mm-hmm. so it just made it more actively like you know, whatever was playing, it, it's, it's just these really strange fever dreams that amounted to nothing. And I just was like, I want, I don't want to think about this. I just want to be in like an empty void, just trying to get through this or just be calm and peaceful. But I can't because my brain won't let me. Right. And it's happened. I mean, it's happened before I've had fever dreams before. And it was, they've, they're always like so psychologically like messy um at the end of it all and so that was that was probably one of the main reasons i just wanted to shut everything and everybody off mm-hmm. um and um basically my vacation ended like that sunday yeah. i said that to my manager the other day and she's like that's the most depressing thing i've ever heard and i'm like yeah <laughs> um and then from that point it was just just trying to recover just being frustrated with everything and then just at the end of it all just really wanting to go home and just try to be home and have and you know traveling i knew was going to be difficult enough you know and uh i had to get up so early because i made the schedule for myself that i was going to leave early in the morning on thursday but 
I, when I got home, like I was, I was like, this is so nice. I've never felt this way about Ohio, but it was so nice. <laughs> like, like you don't like, you don't understand how euphoric it was to look out the window and see Cleveland. I don't think anyone, even people that live in Cleveland don't think that. No. <laughs> you had like a Wizard of Oz uh, moment. It really? It's like, I just, I just got out of the goddamn poppy fields and there was the, there was the Emerald Castle Kingdom, whatever, and I was there. And landing, I like seeing my dad wait for me. Like I was so, ha- I was so happy. And I got home. I was just like, "This is nice." And I, I wanted to keep that going. So like for like the next week, I just tried to be with myself and enjoy my own time. Which I don't. Which I feel like for the longest time, you know. And I don't mean to get like really sad, but like it, it it's a struggle. Sometimes, you know, especially when you're dealing with depression or anxiety, you know, sometimes your brain will immediately go to places you don't want it to go to. But like, this was like, oddly enough, this was like the first time in a long time I've like been like, (sighs) like it was, it was really nice, honestly. But I gotta tell you, after this, this trip, it's gonna be a second before I go back to Disney. Understandable. Like, I just, like, I, (laughs) And I was thinking about this too. Like I think about a lot of the past trips and, you know, some of them, you know, they're like kind of mixed, you know, cause maybe we'll have like a hurricane or something happening that will make stress or freak us out or even worse if it causes like a riff between us, which I never want. Right. Um, you know, like with that, with that trip, I feel like maybe there was a little bit one for this trip or one beforehand. And I never want to have that with anyone. It's like it's we're it's just an unfortunate situation that we're all having to deal with, um, and at, at a certain point, I was like, I, I don't know if maybe I'm just too old, which I don't think I am, or if I'm just not in good enough health, or if maybe, maybe it's maybe I've done Disney enough at this point, um, but yeah, that that last trip was kind of was kind of the end of it which is a sad way to end it but i feel like it, i just can't do it again for a while my phone just vibrated <laughs> <sighs> who is the culprit was, who was the culprit it was instagram notification so i blame zuck oh freaking zuck in his threads <laughs> uh, but no that was that was a bad one and also, not to you know make it all about me, because Joey was also dealing with a lot, because you know he he was he had a lot of back issues from again hauling me around and dehydration. Um, there was the one night he went he had to go to urgent care. Well, did you go twice or just? I went to urgent care in the morning, and then I went to the ER at night. That's right. And so he did that, and he was gone till like one forty in the morning, and I was like. What is going on? <laughs> is he okay? What's happening? And then he gets home and it's like, eh. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, uh? But, you know, it is what it is. I'm glad he's okay. So that's all that matters. Um, but it's, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be a second. Um, I would like to maybe do some kind of thing, do some like in person hangout thing next time. Of course. Yeah. Um, cause I, I do like having that cause you know, we live in different States and it's hard to, yeah. you know, I mean, granted we do spend a hell of a lot of time together, but it's, it's always virtual. Right. 
Um, but you know, maybe next time you gotta come here. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get to Ohio. You gotta come here. Admittedly, um, yeah. you ha- you've met everyone but my mother. It's, see, now I want to also put this on on the record as well. It was lovely meeting your sister. I wish the circumstances were completely different. Oh, um, yeah. You, you know, met Mark. I met Mark. Mark's a nice guy too, but yeah. I haven't met Tina yet, and that is mm-hmm. distressing to me. <laughs> that listen, that's there should there's like a law you're breaking by not meeting my mother. It's like wow, <laughs> like, <laughs> like like are you are you are you okay with this? I don't think you are. You should be ashamed. I think about it. I wake up at night sometimes. And I go, I haven't met Tina in person yet. What the fuck? What is this? What is this? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, it's just, I will say I do, um, there has been a lot of genuinely good memories from the trips. So I don't want to say it was entirely a bad thing or it got progressively worse or anything. Cause like, I mean, even with this trip, that first day was still great. Tron was great. Um, I'll finally get to watch the rest of Demeter tomorrow cause it comes out digitally. So I might as well nice. just rent it. Nice. Um, and, uh, I think I think my favorite of the trips may have been the 2021 trip mm. because there was enough time I think that had passed and you know it was a few people so it was like Allison was there her brother was there your was brother was trip. there that was a great trip and it ended on a nice note even after like a somewhat stressful like transition between you know uh, D- Universal that and Disney was the but worst even it- thing that has happened like in that trip like that was literally the worst thing which is pretty good because the other trips was like hurricane hurricane. Both of us having like various like health issues, like you, like like you getting COVID from your one trip, me getting food poisoning from this trip, and it's it just, ugh, um, ugh, yeah, but Uh, but honestly, I'm just really if I could just I'm really happy we're recording because I was so worried for a second. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, what have I done? I, I, I even said this on the trip as well. I want to make this very much... I'll put this on the record. I do not blame Joey for anything that happened to me on that trip. Yes, he does Disney hard. And yes, it's hard to catch up. But even then, I try, I've done that before and nothing this bad happened. We, we had excessive heat. Right. That food killed me. Um, I, and, you know, my own health, admittedly, is not the strongest, but... So there's there's many factors that come into play. So I in no way blame you for any of that, and I don't want you to feel like it is your fault because it's not. I thank you. Um, it was it was like oh boy, because <laughs> uh, for for a hot second I'm like I figured you needed time, but it was also just like the other of the side of my head going, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I will say I definitely needed like some space and I needed some like time for myself. That's fine. This past week and you know it was. This felt like a mental vacation for myself, really, especially after dealing with all that. Because, like, the two days of just throwing up and just living in your own head is the scariest thing. Yeah. And there's just so much that went in, that was playing on in there. And and at a certain point, I was just like, can I can I just rip out my brain and just set it over in the corner for a second? Because I, if I can just hear like a whistle of wind between my ears that might be okay <laughs> it's like everyone's like oh he's so dumb you can hear the wind in between his ears it's like maybe he's just in a blissful state of ignorance right now he's happy leave him alone he's, ha- <laughs> he's happy he's dumb and he's happy leave him alone 
Um, but aside from all of that, you know, we are back. We're here doing the show. We're a little bit, we're a little bit um, last minute with this one as far as like trying to get everything on schedule, but we're here. Yeah. And um, I do want to lead people, anyone listening to this, to our fourth episode we've ever done on this show. Because this episode would, I mean, it's technically a sequel, but since we're talking about like the uh, original films, I guess you could call it a prequel um, in, in a certain respect. It's a uh, pre-sequel. Prequel. Pre- pre- yeah. Uh, what he said. There's no clean way to do it, but um, yeah, I think this is this is actually this is actually an episode I've been looking forward to for a very long time. Especially rewatching both movies, I was reminded, man, these are like some of my favorite movies. These are so they're fra- great. They're, they're fantastic. Um, so I'm very happy about that, and they also played very very much in. Uh, a key summer, summer of 82, even though this first one came out in 81 in Australia, um, summer of 82, which we'll get more into on that in a second. Um, but I, I think, I think without further ado, I think we should introduce our first movie. Yes. Um, so, but again, uh, before you listen to this, go listen to episode four. Yes. Because, um, while it is sort of like focused on a particular kind of movie, the movies themselves uh, are what this episode is sort of like a like a pre-sequel to. You know, with legacy sequels, uh, the whole point of them is that they're they're a legacy of something. And so, uh, the first movie we talked about in that episode was Mad Max: Fury Road. And while that's probably the lesser sort of in the legacy, it feels more like just a follow-up. Um, there is legacy sequelness in it, but the the movie that that one. Uh, really perceives like the the legacy, if you will, that it follows is of this first movie, and this first movie, I'll give the Australian title and then I'll give the American title. I'm going to give respect to the Aussies for this because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have had this sure, fantastic sure, sure. film, um, or specifically George Miller, that Aussie. Um, <laughs> so uh, this first movie is Mad Max Two, or as we called as we call it in the states, The Road Warrior. I remember the road warrior. See, now I'm just picturing Joey as a feral little kid. Yeah. <laughs> and then growing up as a feral old grandpa. I, I like Tarzan. So I think that's, um, you know. Just just as an old man going, ah! Yeah, pretty much. Throwing a boomerang, yeah. Um, uh, but Mad Max 2, or as I like to call I like to, I call it the road warrior because I'm a stupid American. Um, and uh, it's, it's not our fault. We were born here. It's our parents' fault. It's even before. <laughs> listen, it goes. <laughs> it's 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 our living. It's, it's our it's our Italian immigrant. <laughs> they traveled over <laughs> the DeAngelis family. You know, whatever. But <laughs> but anyway, uh, no. This movie, obviously, Mad Max Two. It's a follow up to Mad Max, which the I original. Yeah, I wanted to watch before this. I didn't get a chance to. Um, and cause it's one of those movies that like, I didn't like it the first time I saw it. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. part of that, it, it's not fair to that movie cause the expectations of it, right? Cause um, when you know what Mad Max is and then you watch that first movie, you're a bit, t- you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Cause you know, it's almost like, it's almost like, uh, not in the exact same way, but I think about like with Star Wars, like the Empire Strikes Back. Like, it feels like such a definitive entry because of, like, the parental lineage and all this other, like, stuff that it introduces to the lore. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, about Mad Max 2. 
uh, the Road Warrior is that this this is like okay, but pre like pre Fury Road, this feels like the idea that pe- like the 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 the, con- the general conception that people had of this um, yeah. of this property. But this was a uh, the first one was a success in Australia, um, not as much in the states, but that's okay. Um, but they made a obviously they made a sequel, which I believe I was listening to Junk Food Cinema talk about this one in preparation for this. And apparently it was like, but apparently it was like the most expensive Australian film up to that time, which I believe it sounds like, a, but like for us, for Australia, it's a lot, but for obviously like America, Hollywood movies, they spend hand over fist. Oh yeah. Month, like just look at this, the, this past summer that we had, like some of the movies costing almost $400 million and not even breaking even, Oof. you know, but obviously just because they were most expensive in Australia, doesn't mean they could do everything. They were, you know definitely you know limitations but um you know i think that makes it makes things a lot you know pretty clever forces people to be pretty clever about how they how they use their budget and how how certain shots are presented um but you know it's um i it's a great looking movie i think like it's it's a you know it is very much like sort of that like post-apocalyptic um sort of you know, a sort of um, vibe to it, um, yeah. of course, you know, because Mad Max is sort of like, if I remember, it was like sort of the world was falling apart or starting to fall apart at that point, and then this one is like the world, the world's basically turned to shit. Yeah. Like, Mad Max, like, has such a specific look as far as, because, like, post-apocalyptic, you think of, like, a lot of different types of movies that kind of bring their own thing, but... I feel like Mad Max has been like a template for a lot of other movies and things like because like the big thing with Mad Max, it's like, what if you combine like gearheads and BDS and mm-hmm. and and effectively you get Mad Max like there's everyone's wearing like football pads and uh, leather straps, mohawks with various colors. There's literally a BDS and Jason Voorhees in this movie. Yeah. Um uh lots of leather, lots of dirt, dust um and you know, it's it it definitely feels like 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 a heavy metal BDSM like gearheads like dream of a nightmare if that makes sense. Sure, sure. So like the whole the whole premise we're dealing with, so like we have Max, Max Rockatansky. Uh, who in the original s- films was played by the much beloved Mel Gibson? Did you did the, did you hear the sarcasm in there? That's so with the, much beloved, or was that to Dracula? Much beloved, blah blah blah. <laughs> he was in one, two, three Mad Max movies. Ah 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 ah. ah, ah. <laughs> it's his as everyone's favorite. I do like his Max, but obviously, as as a human being, uh, he is leaves uh, much to be desired. Um, He's definitely not Max Rockatansky level of cool, like as a regular human like, being. He looks like the thing is like what Mel Gibson bring. He just looks like an action figure, and I'm all for it. Like, he looks he looks like a Kenner Toys '90s action figure. Like I I could almost like if you just adjust a figure a little bit, it could be like from Congo. Or you'd be fighting yeah. like some, you know, mutated gorilla or something. But like he looks like the perfect like post apocalyptic like warrior. He's got that iconic look. Like it's like basically they took because like in the first movie he he's one of these like police officers of the wasteland 
that wears all leather, which in a desert setting is strange, but it's fun to watch. Um, but that's all like tattered and torn up. Uh, he has like one, like, I don't know if it's like a football pad or like a, like a rugby pad. I think it might be rugby. Um, I don't remember. Do they wear pads for? I don't know. Lacrosse, maybe. Well, rugby's like football without pads. I thought, or like yeah. So maybe maybe lacrosse, maybe lacrosse because they were pads. It's a pad of some. It's a shoulder pad or something. Yeah, or some sort. Yeah. Again, we're we're dumb Americans. Very dumb. Um, (laughs) Especially me. And very not so much American. Hopefully, maybe. (laughs) I like I like to think I watch enough BBC America. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but no, like he's, he's got, he's got the little, he's got the pad. He's got his leather, like tattered outfit. He's got like a utility belt with like a bunch of shit connected to it. He's got his sawed off shotgun, which is like the iconic gun. Um, he has his V8 interceptor, which is his car that he drives with these big old tanks on the back that are full of, uh, gas or guzzoline as they call it in the Mad Max world. High octane, um, high level, uh, guzzoline. Um, he has a dog in this one, which is cool. Yes. He is. Um, he doesn't get a dog in the other one, sadly, cause the dog dies in this one. Spoiler alert. But he, but, uh, he does get a dog, which is cool. And, uh, the, the, di- the difference between like the first movie, which is more like a revenge story, kind of like your typical, it's like, if you took like a, like a typical kind of revenge movie, but put it in like a, like a post-apocalyptic wasteland, um, that's kind of what you get with the first movie, but then with this one, it's more like a, like a man with no name sort of situation Yeah, where you have like this, uh, Max, Max as this guy who is just existing and trying to survive like anybody else. But then he has sort of, uh, a more like moral side to him. So when he sees someone in a particular situation, he'll help only so much as long as he can get something out of it. Yeah. So, um, there's this, what's, what's the, what's the guy's name? Wes, I think. Well, Wes is like the Mohawk guy. Yeah. Yeah. So there's Wes, who's this Mohawk guy who's part of this gang run by Lord Humongous or BDSNM, Jason Voorhees. It's my kind of, my kind of movie when the bad guy is just that, like, on the nose. Just Lord Humongous. Like, yeah. yes. <laughs> he is genuine like he it's it's not like a an ironic name it's not like a guy named tiny no, who's huge okay but i, I want to get pause for a second because the letterbox description characterizes him as charismatic and i go oh. if he's charismatic then i'm mickey mouse this is this is this this that's that's no <laughs> like, like you know it, anyway, continue. Like, I, it was it was one of those things that just, it bothered it bothered me so much. I was almost going to put it as my like letterbox review when I went to review this. I'm like <laughs> charismatic, charismatic. Listen, I, I just changed mine to BDSM Jason Voorhees. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like this is the first thing I'm thinking of. I think I just watched uh, Freddy versus Jason or rewatched it, so I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. There's that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It's. I feel like that's on the same level as when you go to the Mask of Zorro page and the header is from Legend of Zorro that's on a, Letterboxd. That's a sin right there. That's still so frustrating that they did, that they have that on there. Ugh. But anyway, so uh, we have Wes and Lord Humongous and this gang of uh, guys that are essentially trying to steal this huge tanker of gas from this small little 
group of people that have essentially built like a fortress to protect their their gas max hears about it from uh this gyrocopter guy i forget his name he's the gyro captain uh there, there we go gyro captain played by uh, bruce spence some very memorable character he that guy too that actor has been in so many things he's one of those actors that's like he's he's been in star wars he's been in yeah. um he was in the sequel to ace ventura i always remember like he's been in so many things he's got one of those like very easily distinguishable faces and he's always fun because when i saw him on this because i've been a while since seeing him like it's the guy on Utapau that obi-wan talks to there he is yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's like the same alien race as like the Inquisitors, as that one Inquisitor dude from Rebels. I yeah, think. yeah, or something something to that effect. Yeah, yeah. but like, uh, no, he's he. It's funny because I think like both of these movies are like filled with actors that I knew from other things before I ever watched mm-hmm. this. So like you know like I see him in this and I'm like, oh, the dude from uh, Revenge of the Sith or or the sequel to Ace Ventura, where he's like a like a Australian bat hunter or something right it's it's a it's a whole thing um but or like you know in, in blade runner there's a bunch of them which you know that's a we'll get to that um spoiler blade blade runners we're talking about oh. that next uh, <laughs> um but like uh the gyro captain is like you know initially he's trying to steal gas from max but max is like nah fam i got a dog <laughs> or or as Mel Gibson does in, in it's some I don't know if he had like a natural Australian accent or if he just put one on because he was doing it for the movie. But you know, there's that whole bit where he's like, "They're booby trapped. Touch those tanks and boom." Yeah, and I'm like, it sounds weird, but I like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, basically, to save his own life, the gyro captain's like, "There's a place that's got thousands of gallons of gasoline. We'll go there." And you get the gallons of gasoline, it'll be great. Lord Humongous. Um, no, he doesn't say that last part. It's just fun to say Lord Humongous. It, it is just really funny. The charismatic it's, 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 leader, it's, Lord Humongous. It's it's objectively satisfying to just say Lord Humongous in a sentence. Like like how much do you, how much how much giggling do you think George Miller did? Or do you think he's just the kind of guy who's just like, yes. I think I think he just I think he was just all for it. I don't know if there was giggling, maybe some giggling from like his his co-writers, but I think he's just going, "No, Lord Humongous, it's fantastic or, name." Or it's like, "Well, what, what's so funny?" Yeah, what's what's what are you laughing at? What why no? It makes me think of like Bane in the Dark Knight Rises, where everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, he's so scary." I'm <laughs> I do like that at least Tom Hardy, who's Max in the later movies, um, to bring that circle around. Um, I like that after a while he like just finds it funny that people just make fun of it now. He just like this that's just funny to me now. <laughs> it's like I, I made a choice, Chris went with it, and now it's uh now it's a meme. <laughs> it's okay, we still love you in Venom, let there be carnage. Um Thank you, one person. Yes, that's me. I'm that one person. So um, Lord Humongous. Um, <laughs> the only way that Lord Humongous is ruined is when someone uses it to describe, like, their junk. And I'm like, no. No. If, if you're not a charismatic BDSM Jason Voorhees, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> um, so, Lord Humongous, Wes, and all these guys are trying to steal this gas from this, this, uh, fortress, uh, which is led by, uh, I don't, I don't remember the guy's name, but he looks like if... You were trying to find 
uh, Mick Jagger, but you went to the dollar store. Mike Preston. Um, I hope he's, he's very good. It's just he makes me think of Mick Jagger. You know, I was trying to put my finger on what, what and but I think that kind of it kind of does have like a Mick Jagger, Mick Jagger in the, in the post apocalypse. You know. Yeah, it's like when Mick Jagger's like, my music's not working anymore. What do I do? I'll lead these people. Just put Keith Richards in a uh, Mad Max movie. I would have been okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, believe I'm, that he would survive the uh, survive like the post apocalypse. Like he's not like a Lord Humongous kind of character. He's just Keith Richards. He's just there. He just pops up. He's just. It's like in Pirates Three, but he's more himself than he was in Pirates Three. Yes, and then you just randomly yeah. have like a Paul McCartney just show up. <laughs> but this time. He's just, he's Lord Humongous. <laughs> oh, I just want some, uh, I just want to get some of that gasoline there. Fucking get that. Oh, that's Ooh, terrible. Where's where my good friend? I just, we're a big fan of your gasoline too. We had a hard day's <laughs> night, you know. <laughs> you know, I was a really big fan. I don't know. Anyway. But it's a very basic, it's a very basic, like, kind of story. And that's the yeah. thing I really love about this movie it's you know it, it's like there, there's dialogue but there's not like speech like speech after speech it's like it's very much to the point very direct very much like the you you get what the characters are feeling through what they do what they do their facial it's, reactions it's it sort of, it sort of lets the actions and the world building sort of do the heavy lifting yes absolutely like um i really like the, the one scene where like um wes's twink boyfriend gets killed gets killed by the little feral kid yeah and it's just like you get like how much that it was like like how much that was and like, then you know and then that that dumb guy that's like no i can catch this thing that was just embedded in that guy's head no it's fine my they fingers won't, won't catch <laughs> yes yep like i i literally like what was funny because i what was funny is i rewatched blade recently and there's a scene where a guy picks up blade sword and he's like, ah, I got blade sword. And like the little blades pop out of it and basically like blow his hand up. Oh boy. And I'm like, this is, this, people are just so dumb. Yes. <laughs> don't pick stuff up. If you don't think it, especially after you just saw something bad happen with it. Yes. Um, but yeah, that was just funny when the guy's like, I'll oh, catch it. Um, but basically, you know, it it basically becomes this like this all out war between uh the the people in the fortress and Lord Humongous and his crew, and then Max is like, I just need gas. Yeah, I just need some fuel, man. And so he's like, I'll I'll help you out. I I, I, I saw this semi truck down ways. You know, if you guys are trying to get the gas out of here, I'll go grab that, and we can you know make a deal here. And so. He does he does do his job, but then at one point it's like, uh, I'm done now. But we need you to drive it. No, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, I just want to I just want to take my gas and I want to go. But 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 and then like the gyro captain's like hitting on this like a, a little bit too young woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which which was like okay. Yep. Um, but uh, then. One thing that 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 kept coming back to me was how often every time Max is like trying to escape, and yet every single time he seems to cross paths with Wes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
maybe go the other way. <laughs> but you know, it's I'm it's that's like you know saying don't go down the stairs. So I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those just gonna like it's that. gonna happen. It's gonna happen because maybe that's just the best option, just to go that way. But I was sad because like the car gets blown up, and that's like one like the iconic Mad Max yeah. car. It was like it's like in Fury Road, like in Fury Road, like you only get the car in the opening scene, and then yeah, it gets basically taken over by um by uh, t- uh Immortan Joe. Why did I forget his name? <laughs> not you, Joe. Immortan Joe. Immortan Joe. Uh, yeah. Not not as good Joe. Uh, not as good Joe. You know. Um, but yeah, all, all of this, you know, it, it's, it culminates in that like really amazing, like chase scene. And mm-hmm. like what I love about it, I mean, Fury Road is a gorgeous, gorgeous movie with a lot mm-hmm. of impressive stunt work and stuff, but it's also just so beautiful that I really appreciated like seeing just how like grimy and dirty, um, like I felt like I needed a tetanus shot like every day <laughs> to get through get through this world like seeing them like max dr- drive the truck and um you know just like every kind of hook or wire or something like pulling at someone pulling at someone someone getting shot it was like a genuinely like grimy grimy dirty um grimy dirty world it's 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 a it's a breeze but you get everything you need. Um, I was going to ask you: you have you have the 4K? Did you ever get those discs replaced? Did they ever do a replacement program for those discs? That's a great question. <laughs> I think I mean because from what I remember, the problem was that um, the like not the like the main track, but like one of the like less a different track that most people use because it was like the original. Like was it like audio. a 2.0? If I had to get it from mono, maybe, maybe, yeah, and so I think that was faulty. But I just used the main one that's there, and I was it worked relatively fine. The whole movie played, and I was able to listen to everything fine. And, right. Um, you know, I I mean, I've never like I do love physical media, but I don't like go like crazy with like certain things, which I understand people do, especially you know, given like how hard it is for like companies and studios to be like hey let's actually like put this out for people yeah and do it right so there's a lot of stress that comes out of that when you know so many movies are being pulled from streaming services so i'm not i don't want to like downplay people you know being upset or being angsty when it came to like that specific thing but i it wasn't anything that ever bothered me necessarily like i was just happy to have it yeah i have the the only thing the only thing that makes me upset because I have the four disc, four K set for all, for all the Mad Max movies. The only thing that made me upset was, um, they didn't do like a like a retouching or a redo of, uh, Fury Road because it was like an old four K. Oh yeah, I remember you saying this. So it's effectively like it like, it doesn't look terrible, but it just loses a little bit of its vibrancy, and it definitely feels more like like maybe an upscale, like it's a little bit more noticeable. Also, the fire looks weird. Okay. Cause that's, I have an I have like my, my old Blu-rays for all of them, um, yeah. Basically, like and and probably because I remember you talking about Fury Road like that about the 4K. And honestly, if I were to upgrade any of them on 4K, it would just be, uh, it would just be Road Warrior. I think they I think they fixed it though that's for good. that. So I think it would be worth picking up because it looks great. That's that's good. 
Yeah, I do know. I do hear that a lot though from people like they love like when like the original like like two point or like mono soundtrack because sometimes like uh, was it recently Enter the Dragon had a Dolby Atmos track, like the new one that just came the out? the new one that just came out. Which I'm like I've heard it's great, but it's also like is that is that authentic? Do you, do you want that? Is that the authentic experience of now again? Yeah. They never intended for me to watch this movie in my man cave on, like, 4K, you know, HDR. But, you know, you want to get to as close to that, you know, theatrical... Original. Ex- original experience. But anyway, not to derail. It was just a question I had. Um, no, yeah. It's it's definitely worth picking up. Um, I hope the newer copies that are out have the fix. But I think because I was okay with the, like, the Atmos or whatever track that came with it, it wasn't anything that... It's kind of like... Um, because there's an audio issue with the Spider-Man 4Ks as well oh, for really? like the Raimi films. So like if you watch, I think Spider-Man three or even Spider-Man two, and you watch it with the Atmos, it stops. Interesting. It just like the, like the audio just stops playing, and it's just picture. So I just switched to like the the regular the the initial like Dolby like DDS whatever, and then it sounds perfectly fine and crisp. So I'm like, well, at least there's that amazing i'm like as, as as long as there's like an option that sounds good to me then i'm okay but i do understand like people being up in arms and wanting to get like that like, as original as they can especially get especially if you're paying the money the money that you are like that's why i ended up canceling my pre-order i'm so sorry i'm derailing this with talk of no it's it's a, it's important i think um like i canceled my pre-order for the superman 4k because of all the things i was hearing about that set because yeah. i have the first movie on 4k which i thought looked pretty good but it's like all the other movies i'm like guys there's no reason this should have been like my hot take too. should have been a knockout like this year like that's my 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 public service announcements like to disney and warner brothers and i know i'm not the only one to have said this this was your 100th anniversary you should have knocked it out of the park with these disc releases. Like, you, you, but you didn't. You did not. So you lost out. You lost out on an easy, easy couple million, potentially millions of dollars for some of this stuff. And the cost to, like, restore it and stuff, restore some of this stuff and get it right, is, is a rounding error. It's negligible mm-hmm. for you guys. So don't, I don't know. Anyway, but... I mean, I was going to say, like, you, you, you did you hear about my my uh, nightmare before christmas i was scenario. i saw that i was mm-hmm. uh, oh my like how do you f- like uh, uh william, the late great william hurt like that the quote i always like how do you fuck that up how easily i guess i guess easily. <laughs> and like and that, especially a title like that a title mm-hmm. that you know will move units that people will buy like 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 the sad thing too is that for a period in time, you know, like because there was a point Disney was like the high, the highest of quality when it came to physical media. You're like, oh, like this Blu-ray for this movie is fantastic. This Blu-ray, they're fantastic, amazing. And then the 4Ks are like, it's like a disaster. Like they just something. didn't, they they didn't even they didn't even want to do it initially because it wasn't until like James Gunn was like, hey, can I get Guardians two on 4K? And they're like. Do you do you really want that? Like, yeah, actually, I would. They're like, okay, I guess. Body push for it because uh, <laughs> I'm a show. And the, and then and then it was just like you know for the rest of the time it's like all right we'll 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 try this format out but 
they never really seemed to put the care in it, especially once they got Disney Plus and went all in on the streaming. And then for the longest time, it's like when Disney would release a 4K, it was like, eh, okay, there's that. Um, with like maybe a few moments of like, oh, oh, but most of the time it's just like, uh-huh. And speaking of which, Guardians, Guardians 3 and 4K was actually good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of things that are actually good, the Road Warrior is actually good, guys. Uh, that's our hot take it today. Um, it's 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 honestly, it's probably my favorite. Um, just because I I do like it, it's got that Western f- feel to it, the po- post apocalyptic, mm-hmm. you know, BDSM uh, gearhead desert wasteland. Uh, vibe. And it's very Australian too. Very Australian, helped with you know exploitation, uh, you know. So it's it's there's, yeah. there's something there's something so like specific about it that makes it so great. I think it's just they they kind of nail like I it's just it's hard to think of anything post apocalyptic and not straight go to Mad Max. Mad Max is one of those for sure. Like you like the, I I think like. Of all the like sort of post pot, even when you know Zack Snyder tried to do it for DC, you're like, that's just Mad Max. Like that's bat, that's Bat Max. Everybody was making was, was was joking <laughs> about that. They're like, Zack Snyder should make a make a Mad Max movie, or, you know, just 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 have him have him do Furiosa, and then George Miller can take over. Then George Miller can finally make Happy Feet three. Let's do it. Elijah make Wood's it. probably down. And make another Babe movie. Why not? That's another thing. I I gotta I get anytime George Miller shows up on the show, which he's only shown up I think twice now. Yeah, but he should show up more. But I love the fact that he has such a like wide variety because like like he's got the Mad Max movies, he's got Witches of Eastwick, he's got Babe, freaking Pig in the City, he's got uh, the Happy Feet movies, and you know it's just like and then he did Three Thousand Years of Longing, which. Again, it's it's very it's as stylish as Mad Max Fury Road, but it's such a different movie. Yeah, and it's 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 just it's so nice when you have a director like that who isn't tied down to one thing. It's like yeah, he's mostly known for Mad Max, and he is doing that Furiosa spinoff, which I'm very excited about. But at the same time, I love that he mixes it up. Yeah, and he doesn't tie himself down to one thing. Like, there's no question you're watching a George Miller movie, but it's nice when the George Miller movie is like a different flavor. I was like three thousand years of longing was one of my most anticipated movies of last year, and I really liked that movie. I need to revisit it, but yeah, I was really glad to to see that one in a theater. Um, I have it on four K. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I was I was so happy that it came out on four K. Yeah, I mean, honestly, especially recently where it's like things like don't immediately come out in four K. Like mm. it's that's pretty yeah. good. Like Warner Brothers is like okay, okay, you can have it. <laughs> all right um but i i think it's it's a fantastic movie it's 95 it's 95 minutes guys like it's got lord humongous in it lord, who's so charismatic who's so charismatic guys so charismatic with his with his megaphone i need gas can i have it please and then you got wes over here going that's effectively it but it's great uh uh that's it um that that that's that's really what what more do you want from life than than nothing charismatic leaders and 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 mohawk heads wes wes 
a guy, just a guy named Wes, Wes. just like Lord Humongous, is great enough. <laughs> just Wes. He doesn't even have a last name. He's just Wes. Wes. He's got the Wes. <laughs> like the names in the movie are just like I like that Max has a last name, but they never use it. Right. No one calls. Like the only time you ever know his his name is from the first movie. Yeah. Um, and then there's the gyro captain, the feral kid. Both of which are great. Lord Humongous, Wes, Twink Kid. Twink. <laughs> I don't think that's. that's that <laughs> is that's, not that but, character's name. I don't think it. Don't. But you know what? L- listen, they'll, I'm sure they changed it. They're certainly memorable, <laughs> at, at the very least. So, um, on that note, we're going to take a brief intermission. Um, uh, we we might not come back, but then again. Who does? Stay tuned. Unicorn. back welcome back to two dudes one double feature in our last segment we talked about the road warrior or mad max 2 um in our second segment we're talking about something a little bit different but something else in the same vein of like with mad max road with road warrior it's very much a western but with that that different flavor with a different with a little bit of spice thrown into it and more leather straps um and Wes and Lord Humongous, all of our favorite things that we want from a Western. Uh, <laughs> so this time around, we're going with a genre uh, that's another one that's like like a like a big, very specific thing, but with a little bit of a twist. Um, we're going to the world of film noir, but with a sci-fi edge to it, and maybe a little bit more, it's a little bit more just. A little bit more craziness. Um, Joe Denny Dan. Mm. What is this movie we're talking about? You know, Richard, I think about this movie sometimes. And I have to weigh I have to weigh the pros and cons. I have to see, is it a benefit or is it a hazard? Like any other film. You know. You know. I listen, listen. I was quit initially. I'm twice as quit now. Later. Don't you know? Don't you know the score, pal? It's uh, it's Blade Runner, the first one. <laughs> no choice, pal. <laughs> yes, the first, the 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 Blade Runner, not the just Blade Runner. It's okay, not the... my question. My question is, and you had some difficulties with oh yeah playing your movie. <laughs> we did not watch these movies together, and that's why part mm-hmm. of the reason why we're talking about them at this point. So the schedule's a little different, but. I watched this a couple days ago, and I was able to watch the theatrical cut because I hadn't seen the theatrical cut in a while. Mm-hmm. But um, you had some technical difficulties with your with your four K. Um, oh yeah, wouldn't wouldn't you forgot about that? Like several? No, hours. no, no, I, no, no. It's, it's you know, shows, shows it's, it's it's like uh, what's the line again? What's the famous line? <laughs> I forget that now. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which famous line? The the, the 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 rain one. That one. All these right. moments will be lost like tears in, in rain. rain. Yeah, that. Time That's what happened. To get a replacement disc. <laughs> That's what happened. As as I as, to to your um <laughs> to to your uh Roy Batty my, to my um Deckard <laughs> as I just stare at you blankly, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, um uh, I have toys I make them these are my friends. <laughs> Where's your friends? I make friends I make them they're mine they're my toys my friends. J F Sebastian. <laughs> Where? Can we find this J.F. Sebastian? <laughs> Alright, so Blade Runner. Yeah. This, technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Your 4K. 4K is a very sensitive format. We feel we're talking a lot about 4K today. But you know what? You know, it's, it's a format worth talking about. Um, it's basically what I mainline right now in video game terms. I, I main 4K right now. You know, I try not to do much else, but I main 4K. Um, but I got the 4k disc because at one point when Warner brothers was like really pushing the hundredth anniversary stuff and releasing new 4ks of things, uh, Best Buy had started putting out other like Warner brothers 4ks that they already made. So they had like a whole shelf, like a whole section of like, look at all these Warner brothers movies on 4k. And I was like, oh, I, this movies I don't have, like I, I didn't, I, I didn't own 2001 a space odyssey in 4k. Now I do. Um, I didn't have inception in 4k. Now I do. Um, and I didn't have Blade Runner on 4K. I had 2049 on 4K, but not the first one. And when I, funny enough, when I initially bought it, I had to get it replaced because it didn't work. <laughs> um, I believe it's, is, is that one one of the 100 gig discs, the initial Blade Runner? Is that a 60 gig disc? Because 100, di with 4K, 100 gig, as helpful as it is, it is more sensitive. It might be. It wouldn't surprise me if it was hundred. I actually had. I had mine. I think I told you mine skipped. Mm. But I was after I, I cleaned my disc. Um, it played through the scene fine. But actually, funny enough, Blade Runner was my first four K disc. That's a good one to start with. Um, which I'll get more into that later. But um, yeah, four K. You know, it can be sensitive. It's um, hundred gigabyte discs. Discs they they they, they burn bright. They burn bright, but it's also, you know, it's like... Four-year um, lifespan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically. Um, like, basically today, because, like, I, I, was, I, I was just, you know, just living in my own world last week, so I didn't really do much else, but then I just got busy, so I was like, oh, shit, I got to watch these movies. So I watched Blade Runner today, and I got up to the scene when um, Deckard and Leon are, are fighting each other, and Leon's doing his like eyeball thing and like smacking him around, just poof, poof. yes. And um, he's very good at that. He's very he's very creepy. Um, yeah. So I get to that moment, and just like when I first bought the movie, it skipped at that scene, and it started stalling. And actually, funny enough, because I was trying to rewatch Wonder Woman on 4K as well, and it started skipping as well. So I thought, oh god, is my PlayStation Five not playing movies? It played through like. Road Warrior when I played it, so I'm like, okay, at least I know that one's fine. And a couple of the newer movies that I just got in not long ago, so it's it's working. It's just maybe like for some older ones, I don't know. I'm getting a replacement for Wonder Woman as well, but um, when I got my replacement disc at Best Buy today, it had some scratches on it, so I'm like, 
I'll, I'll try it anyway. So at least I know I tried. I try it. It gets just before that scene when um, I forget the character's name, but it's the actor from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, when the lady, like, the lady, jo- like, you're ta- yeah, Joanna, jo- Joanna Cassidy's character, yeah, she's the um, she's like the, the dancer, Zora, or what, I, something. I've heard, she's got something, a snake. Uh, she's got a snake. I, I I feel bad that I'm not. Um, I know it's Joanna Cassidy. Zora, like yeah, Zora. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, she's great in Who Framed Roger Rabbit and this. I also give a quick shout out to uh, Brian James, who plays Leon. Mm. Um, I also saw him recently. It was a delight to see him in the Mark Hamill movie, Corvette Summer. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he pops up. So um, definitely a movie I I think it'd be interesting uh, to check out at some point. But you were saying. So um, it gets my initial 4K, or not the, the, the new one that I got, the replacement, got to the scene when she gets shot through the glass and then like the second time she crashes through and then it stops again. And I'm like, (sighs) yeah. So then I take the disc out. I go back to Best Buy and I'm like, I'm back. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, Hey. And so I, I, I exchange my disc. I, I say, can I open it here just to make sure everything's fine? They're like, sure. So I open it. The disc, I look at the disc, the disc is immaculate. So I'm like, okay, cool. Perfect. Nice. So I come back, I start the movie from the beginning again (laughs) and it plays through the scene with leon and so from that point on i was just like holding on to like the sides of my seat going is it okay is it okay is it okay and thankfully it played through the whole movie that's good but to to get specific i watched the final cut yeah because one of the most notable things about blade runner is there's like five different versions of it because there's the theatrical. Well, there's there's five that are on disc. Yes, but there's probably significantly more than that. Yeah, there's more. <laughs> yeah, but um, there's five in like the formats if you want to like have options. So there's the theatrical cut. There is the uh, international cut. I believe there's like a working print version. There's the yeah, direct there's work print. There's a director's cut that Ridley Scott didn't have much say in. I have it on VHS. There it is. And it's in widescreen. And th- there was like, like the, um, this one was sort of like the definitive one for a while. Like the director's cut was like the one people watched, uh, for a while. Um, I was reading like up, I was like one of the earlier movies to get DVD because it had like that pop, was that popular, it was po- sort of a popular title in theaters. Not, not as much, but it had a good, it had a very strong afterlife, you know, um, it's actually getting a, Revival screening at Netflix's theater, Paris in New York. They're screening at Dolby Atmos. It's very cool. Uh, yeah, just to you know interject there. But yeah, there's like five. If you get the 4K edition, or get like the, there's like a, a really nice special edition that I have from like the, a number the, of years ago. The, there's like the 30th anniversary yeah, one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the one I have. That's one of the ones I have anyway. And the the there are five versions on that. Yeah. Uh, so Ridley Scott. What I do have to admire, Ridley Scott is quite a character, but I do appreciate that he's a- he even wants you to see the ones that he's not yeah. a fan of. So, like, at, once he finally got a chance to actually work on it, then we got the final cut, which is probably the more common version you'll find now. It's a common version, but it, what I also find interesting about this movie is that the consensus is not 
100% clean. Um, you know, it's not like one of those cases where it's like, oh my god. Like, I think the final cut is better than the than the theatrical. But I know some people who take great issue. Like, Frank Darabont talked about it on the bonus features. Mm-hmm. He talked about it in the documentary. It was just like, what, what, you know, because the final cut, one of the infamous things... Because Deckard is a a Blade Runner, Harrison Ford's character. He hunts replicants, but it turns out he might he himself he might be a replicant. Which even I think Harrison Ford hated that too. Yeah, it's it's it. If depending on who you ask, it's like a dumb idea. I will like as far as like the little notes throughout the movie. So like, there's a couple little instances when you're watching the movie. So like, there's the the unicorn bit where Deckard has his like daydream of a unicorn. And then later in the film, um, uh, uh, Edward Gaff. James Almost's character, Gaff, um, who makes origami in the film, makes an origami unicorn and sets it out in front of uh, Deckard's apartment. And that's when it's like, what? And then there's even points periodically throughout the movie. Because like, when you see a replicant, like their irises brighten. And at yeah. one point, Deckard's eyes do that. And so it's almost like, wait, what? And so they, yeah. and then like at one point, um, Rachel's like, you know, have you ever done the Voint Cobb test on yourself? And so even like his demeanor, like, cause he acts very odd at times, Deckard. So yes. that makes it almost seem more like maybe he could be a replicant cause maybe he's trying to be human. Yeah. It, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird kind of thing yeah. that's going on with that, um, like, and I think that also adds to it. Makes you really identify with the quote unquote. I don't. I, I hesitate to say villains, but I think the average person will look at them as like the villains, like mm-hmm. the the Nexus Six, the Nexus replicants, Roy Batty, uh, Roy Batty, Leon, I, uh, mm-hmm. Pris, mm-hmm. Um, Zora, and Zora. Um, um, yeah, and I think that's one of the things I like about this movie. It made me think of. Um, Mad Max in that way, where we don't see the whole world. No, you get a taste of it. We get a taste of the world. We don't go. We don't go to the outer colon, like the colonies that they talk about. And even in Blade Runner, the twenty forty nine, they don't really do that, which I, I really mm. I admired the restraint. Um, but it's really just like it's very contained. It's mm. grand and beautiful to be sure, but it's a very contained story where these Nexus replicants, highly advanced, highly dangerous replicants return they come to earth because they want to live they want to fi- figure out how they can it, how they can they can live longer you know they want to they want more life yeah so basically um replicants were made as a way to help humanity but then you know things got a little hectic and so for a safety measure they uh the tyrell corporation that made the nexus uh robots effectively or replicants um, gave them a four-year lifespan and especially because they felt after four years they would develop emotions and develop like actual like feelings which could cause them to be dangerous maybe and so they put a four-year lifespan in there and um they made it essentially after like a specific incident i believe like or a few incidents they made it illegal for replicants to be on on earth i believe or just and so that's when we have the blade runners who are effectively hunters yeah who are they they do these voight comp tests which are essentially like like a like a crazier version of a turing test and uh they 
basically suss out like who is who's a replicant who's not a replicant and it's basically meant to elicit an emotional response and if uh there's some thing little thing that happens they like oh this is a replicant and then they kill him um so we have these uh four nexus sixes that have come to earth like as joey said seeking uh any means to expand their life past 40 years and effectively all of them especially roy batty who's played by rucker howard is really feeling it like they're like the first time we see him his hands already like starting to freeze up and tense up like basically like rigor mortis um and so he's like he's on his last leg going like i would like to live longer please mm-hmm. and so they're effectively trying to find any means to to figure that out if they can like you know have more life while uh deckard uh is hired basically brought back in even though he doesn't want to um, brought back in by the the basically the police department or whatever to take out these Nexus Sixes, and uh, he he might not like he's not like the it, it, like it's funny because like at, at that one point in the movie when he's bringing him in he's like you know you're the you're the I need the old Blade Runner I need your magic I need and it, and when he does his job he's almost like okay. <laughs> <laughs> like he's, he's not he's just okay <laughs> it, it makes me think of like indiana jones where it's like oh this adventurer but he's like a goofball this he's, he's a goofball and in over his head in so many situations he's a dork <laughs> he's, he's effectively a dork and that's my favorite scenes is when he's talking to zora he's like oh we're I, I, you know part of it against, <laughs> yeah. against cruelties you know oh yeah someone a woman you might be surprised what they do to get with a woman who's very beautiful <laughs> you'd be, be surprised what a man would do to get a peek at a beautiful body or like he, yes. when he does like the the head the eye thing mm-hmm. you know and he like tilts his head and she's like are you for real <laughs> or yeah. like like if any okay if i feel exploited who do i go to me <laughs> but like she like she doesn't fall for it for a second and so like she just after she takes a shower she she like guts him and then just like immediately <laughs> like books it and then that's when he's like oh. yeah I, I i do love stories like that where it's like the one you gotta do, i need you for one last job i need you for well, one last ride uh i need the old blade runner i need your magic m emmett walsh man dude he's good <laughs> he's he's so fun I was reading up and Roger Ebert once said, if it has, if you you have a movie with either him or Harry Dean Stanton, it can't be altogether that bad. No. He's also great in Blood Simple, by the way, which was the first Coen Brothers movie. I have I recommend that one as well. Um terrific, uh terrific character actor. Um but 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 like Harrison Ford, it, it, it's like amazing. Like the the like Harrison Ford is in this and you know, like he's a big movie star, obviously. I mean, like this is mm-hmm. just just after the first two Star Wars movie, just after Raiders, he's like the biggest. He is the biggest movie star on the planet. Um, so they were expecting this thing to be like play similarly. They, um, they, they didn't expect it to be like a more quiet sort of like again like a film noir sort of thing. That probably I imagine there was probably like a sense of adventure and whimsy, and it's like there's none of that. Right. Like um, there's none of that at all. But it doesn't make it a bad movie. It's just it lacks any of that. It's like watching the first Mad Max. You go in expecting one thing, and yet it's this completely different thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I want to like the cast in this is, is extremely fascinating. Obviously, Harrison Ford is as Deckard. You have Sean Young as Rachel, 
Mm-hmm. Um, she's, you know, I've heard she's very good. She's very good, but I've also heard, like a lot of like on just like the the set environment on that was very. Yeah, like even Har- like Harrison Ford butted heads with Ridley Scott, and yeah, you know, there's this is yeah to make the movie. It's you know it's like you know it it makes me think of like you know Baron Munchausen and like the hell that that movie went through. Then you watch it and you're like, "This is amazing." I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like I almost like this. Like I, I hate to use this phrase, but it's like the closest I've come to like Blade Runner is like the greatest accidentally good movie because like there's <laughs> yeah. all this stress. I mean, listen, there's a lot of like great elements in this, but it's like all this stress going on. This thing was like a big, big budget, all this, all this stuff, and it's just like, holy cow! It's it works despite all these <laughs> other like I, I think about like those beautiful scene in the movie where we get to Rucker Howard a second, and Harrison Ford just looks like he's just sitting there, like yeah. he could, he could, like he could have just been like Rucker Howard could have been just reading him the phone book, and you wouldn't be able to like tell the, the tell the difference. No, nope. uh, you know, um, but anyway, the rest of the cast to. Um, I want to before I get to work there, how like Joe Turkle, uh, mm-hmm. he's who returnee on our show, fantastic mm-hmm. in this as Tyrell. I love his line delivery so much. Uh, I want I, I like the, the way he pronunci uh, enunciates words. Like it, it's just it's so tasty when you hear him talk. Like I want to I want you I want to I want to see it done on a person. I want to I want you to provide me with a negative before I provide you with a positive. What will that do? Indulge me. That's one of my favorites right there. I just, oh man. And like, or like when he says more human than human, that's our motto. Mm-hmm. Like, How many it's, questions does it normally take? Like, like it took, all... it took a hundred for her. <laughs> His so glasses good. are so wild. Like, <sighs> like are. there's, there's no reason for the glass, like the thick glass for the top of the bottom at all, but it's great that they're there. It looks. It just looks great. Whoever made that prescription should have been fired and given an award at the same time. <laughs> Edward James almost as Gaff. I He's love so good. Gaff in this. That's my favorite line in the movie. She won't live, but then again, and who does? Who does? It's one of my. Too bad things. she won't live. Then again, who does? So good, and the origami. Like I love when he makes like the the uh, the erect uh, the the, the, the uh, horny guy. The, well, yeah. <laughs> um or like it's just so funny um which has led people to speculate that like you know gaff gaff knows deckard's memories because they're his memories which is a weird thing which is contradicting the theatrical cut Mm because like yeah this guy is trying to get a promotion like with harrison ford's like dumb voiceover in that movie and he was trying to get a promotion it's just like oh my god like it makes it more like a stereotypical noir but it's also just so bad yeah like and that's why i prefer the final cut ultimately because it doesn't have that it like i almost like it better especially with how dorky he is (laughs) that it's just you just it just makes you go what's his deal what's going on in his brain (laughs) and now i don't have to wonder now but it's like you don't have to wonder but i like wondering it's like you, you like to think what's going on behind that that little head of Deckard's, <laughs> that know? very little head. Um, it's it, it's this dorky self. Um, but going to the, I think the replicants, I think would be a good place. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Joanna Cass, um, Cassidy as Zora. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she's very she's very good. Daryl uh, Hannah, Brian, 
Daryl Hannah is great. I one of the things I love you talked about like the um you know Rutger Howard's hand. I think about I always her death scene is stuck in my brain because it, it's just such a great symbol some symbolism for the replicants. They are fighting like tooth and nail to try to live even though they're gonna die. Yeah. So I like that when she gets shot and it's like almost like a like a almost like a child like screaming. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's just such a powerful, uh, powerful image. Um, Brian James, we talked about Le- Leon. He's so great. Uh, he's sure, like, guess. he's, he's probably like the most villainous of everyone. Yeah. Like, like just like his, his wide eye thing. It's like, you know, but you, but at the same time you get why he's mad, but he definitely has fun doing it. Yes. You know, yeah. whereas like, like Roy, you know, He's he's very like, you know. I almost want to use the word delicious with the way he the way he does things. Like, there's definitely like a savoring of what he does, but at the same time, there's just a, this, this such intense sadness. Yeah, because he almost feels like you know the more he's failing, the the more likely it's going to be that he's going to die, and so it just makes it. All the way, like when he gets all the way to the end of the movie, after their final confrontation, like he is just, he's done. Yeah, and it's, and it's like, you know, it's just another one of those crazy things in movies where it's like it makes you feel for the robot. You're like, oh, yeah. Like I, I, I think I said Rucker Howard's performance. I think is one of the all time great like movie performances. Yeah. It just every like everything that he does, every gesture, no gesture is wasted. His dialogue is perfect. Of course, like the tears and rain is such a memorable is is like such a memorable. <laughs> Even though I, I forgot also... it, but I knew it. I knew it exists. <laughs> it's okay. It happens. Uh, been there, and uh, I think about like his um, his confrontation with, with Tyrell. Um, I think that that's extremely powerful. Um, it's like a, it's almost like a, like a Satan God, like last paradise law sort of thing. It's like, honestly, yeah, it's kind of like with, you know, we mentioned guardians three, it's not like rocket and, uh, the high evolutionary. Yeah. 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 You know, when a create, when a creation is confronting their creator, cause like that whole scene, he's sitting there, you know, he, he, with JF Sebastian, just kind of like, you know, in the corner, like, oh boy. Who's also great in this, by, by the way, um, William, William, um, Sanderson. I just want to give him a quick shout William out. William Sanderson. Fan, just fantastic. Um, on that note too, to, to, not to go off on too much of a side tangent, but like so many actors, I mentioned this with Road Warrior, but like so many actors in this movie, um, I've seen in other things. And then like the yeah. first time seeing them here is sort of wild, like Daryl Hannah, I think the first time I saw her in something in my like the first thing I can immediately remember is probably like Kill Bill, and she's great in in that. And then Rutger Hauer, oddly enough, the first time I ever saw him in anything, I, I think, I think it was because cause I think Sin City came out in twenty two thousand seven, but I but he was in the, he was in Batman Begins, so I feel like that's the first time I saw him in anything. Sin City was oh five the first one. Oh, so it's pr- pretty much the same year then. Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. Um, but like the first time I seen him in there, um, JF Sebastian, he was on True Blood as a sheriff uh, character who he went through some shit in that one. Oh my god! Um, 
and uh, Zora. I mean, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit and millions of other things. She's she's in a lot of things. She, she Joanna Cassidy. She's fantastic. Um, Sean Young again going back to Ace Ventura. There's another mm-hmm. connection because she's in the first one, um, as as uh, as the police, uh, like the main police detective. But then, spoiler alert: she's Ray Finkel, and it's a very dated joke. <laughs> like uh, I was, yeah. Holy shit, it's dated. <laughs> um, <sighs> anyway, um, so and then of course, like you know, I'm a Batman fan, so with Sean Young, you think of the whole Catwoman story. Um, and if you don't know what that is, basically Sean Young, um, was trying to campaign like many, like, listen, Catwoman's a very coveted role, like one of those like roles in Hollywood that a lot of people would love to play. And initially Annette Bedding was cast in the role, but then she got pregnant. So then it went to Michelle Pfeiffer, but a lot of other actors were trying to get that role, including Sean Young, who showed up to the Warner brothers lot. And in even some interviews dressed as Catwoman being like, I'm Catwoman. Hacha! Honestly, I think with that energy, like she would have been good. I don't. Mean, I don't think like she would have been. I don't think she would have been a bad choice at all. I think she just scared <laughs> like, people. Like, well, that, that's the, <laughs> yeah. like, that woman's kind of scary, man. Yeah. Like, um. Oh, but dude, like James Hong's in this movie. James, James Hong. Hong is like, yeah. And again, is in he's in like movie. a million other things that I've seen him in, and it's like there he is. <laughs> like he's so like it's just like oh man, even like the short bit, he's so good. Um. Like don't don't stick your hand in there. <laughs> My eyes are in there. Your hand's gonna freeze. Oh God, he's a robot. Um, but but again, going back to that scene, I know I went off on a tangent, but like going back to that scene, um, it really is like, you know, because Roy is the whole time saying, "What can we do to extend my life?" and and basically Tyrell's going, "Nothing." It's like me with the paramedic. Like then leave. <laughs> but except. This time around, it's much more scary and violent because he ends up killing Tyrell. But yeah. um, he's he's like he's like saying, "What about this? What about this? What about this? What about this?" And he's like, "No, that's how we're, you'll make a virus that way, or you'll make a virus this way, or you'll do this, and then it'll lead to a virus." And then he's like, "Okay, then," crushes his head. Yeah. And, like, the most visceral part of that is when, like, the blood spurts oh, yeah. out of his eye sockets. Yeah. I that mean, was a lot. It's, like, almost every, like every shot is memorable. I said this in my like, letterbox review. There is a 20, 20 to 25 second scene of them dimming the lights in a room. And it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> when they're getting ready to do the, um, the Voight comp test on mm-hmm. Rachel. And I'm just like... Holy! Mo- Especially when I'm just sitting here in my man cave, just like my lights are off, I got my 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 surround system, and I'm just here watching this. And I'm just like, this your is your lights are dimmed, and you're watching the lights dim, and you're like, yes. I'm like, yes. Movies are magic, guys. <laughs> this this listen, this is true. And when you got people like George Miller and Ridley Scott who can really listen, they could they could paint a picture. That is beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, say, say again, especially with Ridley Scott, say what you will. And there's a lot of stuff you could say. Um, but man could paint a picture. He can make a movie. He's made several movies. He's, he's He made one with Cameron Diaz on the hood of a car that I'll always think about, unfortunately. I saw that with my mom, dude. It, it, it's one of those, like... One I'm of sorry to moments. Patty. 
And I mean yeah. you, but like I'm sorry to Patty. I'm, so, I'm sorry to her. She probably forgot about it at this point, knowing her, and th- and I'm honestly glad about that. But, um, you know, it, it's Javier like Bardem this... with his hair like, just like yeah. <laughs> sorry. What, what a what a what an interesting. It, nothing else. He's a very interesting filmography. Ridley Scott. Um, mm-hmm. But like this movie is is so god goddamn gorgeous it's like especially like you know because obviously the final cut there's some cgi enhancements you know which isn't like facial replacements on on because i think um joanna cassie stunt double like her face or something yeah comes up yeah and stuff like you know stuff like that and other things here and there um but even watching the theatrical version it's just such it's it's so beautiful the miniature work is outstanding too the miniature work is it it might be it's like it might be one of the most beautiful like pre like CGI movies ever. Yeah, just from that. St- and then like the Vangelis score, may mm-hmm. he rest rest in peace. That is like I was listening to that a bunch this week, and just like just sitting here, just listening to that score. It's so pa- it's so good. I love that. Like it feels like a tense like science fiction score, but then there's that those those hints of like film noir. You know, like. I think of that bit when Deckard's on like his on his deck, <laughs> um, uh, looking at like the city, and then you just hear, and it almost feels it's it's like it's like a electric version of like it, it kind of it's like a like it has like a saxophone vibe, but it's like a little bit more like depressing, a little it's, bit, yeah, yeah. In somewhat, it's in cer- in certain instances, it made me think of Cowboy Bebop. Um, mm-hmm. a little bit, um, and like, but like, and then here's the other thing with this movie. We talk about like Mad Max post apocalypse, like Blade Runner is just as much for like science fiction, like sort of dystopia, dystopian future cyberpunk cities. Like this is like a like a definitive yeah. text, really. And there, you know, like like so much like anime and mov- movies, like. I feel like they try to capture that that essence, that Blade Runner vibe. Like, it's like I came into both of these movies late in my life because of just other things I was a fan of. So, like, um, I may have talked about this too with with Blade Runner in twenty forty nine and episode four when we talked about the Fury Road and those movies. Um, I'm a big My Chemical Romance fan, and mm. uh. And yes, my hair is long, and I did straighten it, so that connects. Um, so, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's that my inner insecurity of like, was he an emo kid? Slightly. Um, but uh, there was an album they did uh, called Danger Days, and a lot of the iconography they used for that, while heavily based on like comic art that that Gerard Way and uh, everyone kind of made up on their own. Um, had a lot of heavy influences through Mad Max, um, you know, having like the sort of post-apocalyptic desert wasteland setting with these very like outlandish characters. So like the big difference, instead of it being like BDS and M gear, it was more like day glow, like leather jackets and like tight pants and like uh, domino masks, you know, is it's very, it's very, it's very strange, but it's kind of amazing, and it definitely takes a lot of its influence from a visual standpoint, and even from a somewhat thematic standpoint, from Mad Max. And so, 
seeing like the music videos and and reading the comics that would come out later it made me want to go like oh you know see the influences of it similar to what we were talking about i think what was the not the last double feature we did but like one before we were talking about like visiting older movies like something making you want to visit older movies you remember that oh um dead men don't wear plaid yes very similar to that in that vein where it's like you know you want to see the influences of something and so clearly mad max was a big influence for that so it made me want to go visit it then i became a big mad max fan and then thankfully I was still still so into that album and following the comics as they were coming out. Thankfully, George Miller was like, hey, I'm going to make another Mad Max movie. And I saw it in theaters, and I was like, what? This is incredible. It's still one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and then with Blade Runner, you know, I was, a, you know, it all kind of really stems with Batman. Because, like, you know, Batman, similar to Blade Runner, has heavy influences from Metropolis and a lot of silent films and another movie we gotta really talk about at some point yeah, yeah. whether it's on this show or whenever i return to silent film set and That's any capacity any capacity yeah. it needs it um, fantastic movie. so like or even like with batman beyond and how you know it's like that futuristic world it is very influenced by blade runner and just the visual language even the fact that you know like in the world of blade runner I think, uh, you know, it's basically, like, I think J Japan, like, took over the United States, and so there's a lot of, like, Japanese iconography, and so they put a lot of that into Batman Beyond as well. So, but again, it, like, having those influences, I went back and I would visit, like, Metropolis, and then I wanted to see what other movies did Metropolis influence, and so there's, like, Dark City, and there's a couple other movies, and there was Blade Runner. And I'm like, I gotta check this out, and so I think... When did when did the final cut come out? Because I don't remember. Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Okay. So, because I that okay, so that tracks. So when I first watched it, it was probably the final cut. Was watching that um, because I think I watched, or it might have been whatever was on Netflix at the time when I was really like diving into this. But I don't think I really dived into it till probably maybe late late aughts, early two thousand tens. But um, I was definitely curious, and then, obviously, years later, we'd get 2049, and I'd become a huge fan of that. Yeah. And so, um, there's something so wonderful and distinct about both of these worlds, and I love that, like, it has that classic kind of genre influence of, like, westerns and film noir, but with that little added spin that makes them that much more exciting and that much more um, unique. And I think they're great examples of, like, taking something old and making it new and exciting. Yeah. Because there is that, like, obviously there's so many people that have that mentality, like, especially creatives that are like, you know, oh, you know, this story's already been told, but, you know, how am I going to make it different? It's like, you're you. You can make yeah. you can make it different. Like, Ridley Scott looked at old film noirs, and he's like, what if I put robots in it? But also, I can't believe it took me, like, almost 40 minutes into this part of the conversation to mention this. It's based on a book. It's based on a um, book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which this is what I'm holding. I'll put this on the socials. This is uh, Blade. This is Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Yes. From Philip K. Dick. That's the original book. This is actually the, like, when they the movie came out and it's like sort of the novel tie in. Um, you've seen these whenever you're at a bookstore for any new movie. Like, oh, yeah. I have Life of Pi. It's, it's like the movie poster on the original novel. You know what? You know what it is. I got this at like a flea market years ago. Mm. I've never read I've never read it because I've kept it in the. I kept it in the plastic because it's. I really preserved. Love this cover. Yeah. Um. Really love this thing, and 
you know, because it's you know what's actually really funny is that in because we talk about like 2019, I believe is like the year that's in the movie. It is, yeah. Um, and in the on the back, I guess because the novel because obviously the novel is different. Is 2021, and even <laughs> then, now that's the past. Like as we are talking about this. <laughs> It I I immediately thought about that when I started the movie. I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is the past. Technically, it's already happened. This already happened, <laughs> and it it's it just it's same thing with um when uh Back to the Future Two came out, and it's like we're in the year 2015, 2015, and then act the actual the literal day that Marty McFly arrived to the future finally shows up, and it's like this sucks. <laughs> On a on a li- on a slightly morbid note, we lost Rucker Hauer in 2019. We did, yeah, we did. That was a hard one. That that was that's tough because again, terrific, terrific actor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think uh, going back to him, I wanted to talk about this. Like 2049 is one of my all time favorite movies. Richard knows this. Mm-hmm. Anybody who talks to me knows this. The one thing that's missing, the one thing that is missing, is that the Roy Batty element. Yeah. He's such a fantastic character and presence in 2049's otherwise like amazing vibes movie. It's one of those movies like it was just, I could put on almost any time and just like just yes. just let it ride. Yeah. Just let it ride and I love I'm such a Ryan Gosling. I love Ryan Gosling. He's Harrison amazing. Ford is great. Oh, Harrison Ford is great. Genuinely great in that movie. I think it's I think it's his best, um, like, legacy sequel. Of all the, like, the legacy sequels that he's done. I'd agree with that. In, I still in have, recent memory. I still haven't seen Dial of Destiny, but I, 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 at this point, I agree. He has his moment. Like, there's, there's like, one scene in particular I, re- I, thought, I thought he really sold in Dial of Destiny. And there's some good, good moments in that. But I'm like, this movie, he's used so perfectly because the movie holds him back. Mm-hmm. And when you do see him, it's, like, it's, it's great. And he actually um, punched Ryan Gosling. Insane, like that. Like if okay, if I was, I'm sure Ryan Gosling's like this too. But if I was Ryan Gosling, I'd be like, I got punched by Harrison Ford. What? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding that with yeah, me for the rest of my has... life. That's going on the gravestone. Yes. I'm not gonna wash my face anymore. <laughs> um, but like both of these movies, I want to mention again. They both in North America they came out in 1982. Mm-hmm. Which, so there, we oh, could have had a, a... a Max a Max or Max Runner. <laughs> Max, I think, I think, Mad Runner. I think Max came out earlier in the year, and one of the big things, like Mad Max, did very well stateside. And again, it's not it probably wasn't as expensive as Blade Runner if I had it. No. Yes, off the top of my head, and you know it already came out in Australia. It was a huge hit in Australia, so it's like released in America is kind of like gravy. Blade Runner had a good opening weekend. It opened at like six million dollars, um, and then it just. And it's one. It's definitely like sort of like it almost. It feels like the like ultimate cult film, in a way. Like if you if you were to list like like five cult movies, it would certainly be in in that top five it, conversation. It, I think as the years gone on, it became like even almost prestigious. Like some yeah. people are like, especially given how much it's influenced. You know how much is it? But it's but it's also still funny too because they still still try to make the Blade Runner thing like. A more viable franchise yeah. and i'm glad that 2049 was made but it was also like a terrible financial <laughs> like a terrible financial decision like because yeah. that that didn't play it's sort of like history repeat you know history slightly repeating itself you know villeneuve hasn't had a lot of great experiences at warner brothers <laughs> it's sad to hear i'm glad he makes movies because they're great but 
he deserves better treatment. He does. He does. Yeah. He does. Please, Warner, if please, please if, you, if there's anyone let, with a soul let, at Warner Brothers left, please let <laughs> Dune Messiah get made. <laughs> <laughs> let it get made. Um, no, but it, it's it's such a um, Blade Runner. Like both of these movies, they they present such unique and very distinct worlds. The world building, as you said, especially the first one, especially true of this one. The world building does yeah. so much heavy lifting. You get so much. There's a lot of like characters, character archetypes, but also you have really complex, interesting characters. Mm-hmm. Um, like obviously Roy Batty, and again J.F. Sebastian. So it's like he's got all these like automatons and and dolls. I know. I always think about that one bit when like he's sleeping and Pris is like doing cartwheels behind him, and then that one the one doll's just like in like some weird vice of just staring at her. Just like, yes. just like something's not right here. But he can't say anything because his mouth's in some weird vice thing. Yes. And so it's, it, she's like just sniffing him. She's like, um, are you Wes? Also too, like, I'm sure, I don't know if it's still there, but at the Museum of the Moving Image, one of the Tyrell like buildings is really iconic. That's cool. That's that's at the Museum of the Moving yeah. Image. I got to see that in person, like, at least a piece of it anyway. Beautiful, beautiful work that they did. Um, like, these are both great movies from, well, Technically, the first one was 1981, but they came out in the summer of 80. They came out in 82. Great, you know, great 80s movies. movies. Great 80s movies. Yes. yes. And it's, again, it's just these these movies that, that again, take, like, well-known genres and just kind of, like, spice them up to, to such a, a great extent that they, they themselves become incredibly influential. And yep. so much has been... Uh, influenced or adapted and you know it's it's nice to see like it's nice to see that these movies still still garner the attention that they do and more people are like coming back to visit them um especially with Blade Runner given it's like the history behind it and like how like everything it, it had to go through to get it made and then what it had to go through afterwards it's like a you know not to bring this up again but it is like a like an old version of the Snyder Cut situation in many yeah. respects, it's sort of the OG Snyder. Cut. It's sort of the OG. Like I want the I want the Scott cut. Where's the Scott cut? <laughs> it's like I got the director's cut on VHS. That's not the Scott cut. I want the Scott cut. I want the final I, cut. I want it I want now. C- I don't I want the CGI. I, I, that's how I imagine like those movie fans. How like, like I want it now. <laughs> Give me that Scott cut now, please. More Scott than Scott is our motto. That's what I want. <laughs> Do you know what kind of tissue I use? Scott. Hey, Zach, you don't know the score, pal. <laughs> if you're not DC, you're little people. <laughs> <laughs> Your movie won't succeed, but then again, what does? Ain't that just the truth, man? <laughs> All these moments will be lost like a film tax write-off in the delete in the recycle bin yeah we just deleted the recycle bin after that yeah it's gone I've now i've seen things you wouldn't believe the you saw batgirl <laughs> of willow and batgirl what can i can i take your eyes <laughs> the things i've seen with your eyes <laughs> yes questions yeah, I'm Harrison Ford. 
<laughs> That's when he gets choked. <laughs> you know what I always think about, too, is I remember, like, Nathan Fillion talking about, like, you know, doing, like, stunts, and basically he copied, like, Harrison Ford because Harrison Ford's, like, really good at, like, pretending to get hit. Yeah. And then I watch Blade Runner, and I'm like, yeah, he's right. Yes. <laughs> like, like his, like his wobbly, like, wow. He's like, it's he's certainly. like doing this, like it's, it's memorable for sure. Um, he, he sells it very well. It adds to the dorkiness too. Yes. Um. Anyway, that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode of Two Dudes One Double Feature. Check us out next week. Have a good night, everyone. Lord Humongous. Especially you, Lord Humongous. You have a great night, you charismatic BDSNM Jason Voorhees. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned for a brand-new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. These moments will be lost like a film tax write-off in the delete in the recycle bin. <laughs>